everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dawn, and this month we have another short review episode. For those of you who might be newer to the podcast, a review episode is just my ultra-fancy name for a podcast episode I record solo where I go back and revisit an older anime title that I haven't seen in years, take some notes on what I might remember about it, and then go rewatch it to see if I still feel the same way about it as I did back in the day since, you know, as we get older, sometimes our tastes change or we pick up on things we didn't notice before, all that kind of stuff. Simple, right? Anyway, I usually run my podcast in a schedule where I'll do two longer episodes with a guest where we go in-depth about an anime or a topic or something like that, and then one of these short review episodes to give myself a little bit of a break. However, if you follow me on Twitter, you might have heard the news that I'm currently in the process of moving, which is why I'm doing another review episode this month, even though I just did one last time. But if this kind of episode isn't to your liking, don't worry. This isn't how every episode of the podcast goes. Once I'm done with the move and more settled in, I'll hopefully be able to get back to my regular schedule and back to longer episodes that I do with a guest to talk about a title or a topic a little more in depth. So please look forward to it. And with all that out of the way, let's get on with the episode. Since the new Urusei Atsura anime is in full swing now, and it's also Valentine's season, I thought it would be fun to revisit some classic Urusei Atsura. And it has been quite a while since I've seen most of the original movies, so what better time to rewatch the very first film, Urusei Atsura Only You. While I'm a big fan of the second film, Beautiful Dreamer, I realized that I've only ever watched Only You maybe two or three times, and it's been at least ten years since the last time I watched it. I don't really remember a whole lot about the Only You movie, but here's what I do remember. Number one, it is directed by Mamoru Oshii, who was the chief director of the original Urusei TV series for the first a hundred-some episodes. Number two, it features another alien woman similar to Lum coming to Earth and, I think, kidnapping Ataru to marry him? Or something like that. Number three, I remember liking this movie, though obviously not as much as I ended up liking the second movie. And since this is the first Urusei Atsura movie, I remember it featuring most of the principal Urusei Atsura cast members and being chock full of its trademark wacky comedy. Basically like an extra long episode of the TV show with slightly better animation. But all of that still feels a little vague, <laughs> especially considering it's almost a two hour long movie. Even though I remember liking it well enough, that's no guarantee that I'll still feel the same way about it now. So let's see if that's the case now and if I fall in love with it all over again in this month's rewatch.
After a while was a lot of fun, especially since I didn't have as strong of a memory about it like I did with the second movie, Beautiful Dreamer, which I've seen dozens of times. Much like Beautiful Dreamer, however, this movie expects you to already know who these characters are and what they're like. So if you've never seen any Urusei Atsura before, right out of the gate, I don't know if I'd recommend it as a starting point to get into the series. If you at least have a general idea of who all these characters are and what the basic plot of Urusei Atsura is, then you'd probably be okay. But if you don't, you might feel a little lost at times or kind of confused at some of the characters' actions or motivations in this movie, as Urusei Atsura is very much on the same wavelength as Looney Tunes most of the time. So... I was kind of on the right track when trying to remember what the plot of this movie was. While I was wrong about the Ataru getting kidnapped thing, I was right about him leaving Earth for some reason and about the marriage part. So the basic plot of this movie is that when Ataru was just a toddler, he unknowingly won a game of tag with a different alien girl during a game of shadow tag in the park. And on her planet, that was a traditional marriage proposal as well. She tells little Ataru she'll return in 11 years to make him keep his promise of marriage, and he agrees. But, of course, since this is Ataru we're talking about, he forgets all about it until his friends and foes receive invitations to his wedding. He also, of course, agrees to all of this willingly later because he finds out that she's incredibly pretty. So now it's up to all of the regulars of the show to band together to help Lum get him back to Earth, whether they want to help Ataru or not. This is a great premise because, like I remembered, it's basically like a high-stakes episode of the TV series, but stretched out to movie length and the added bonus of nicer-than-average TV episode animation. And the other alien fighting for Ataru's heart in the film is kind of like an alternative universe lum. They have a lot of things in common. The way Ataru proposes with a game of tag, the fact that she's alien royalty, the fact that she calls Ataru honey, similar to lum's darling, even her name, L could simply be read as the letter L, as in L 
for Lum? I know that's probably a bit of a stretch, but hey, it could be intentional, right? <laughs> she also has short red hair, while Lum's is long and greeny blue. So it feels like they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, but that she's also sort of meant to be similar to Lum in an off-brand sort of way. While they do have many things in common, there's things about her that will never stack up to the original. And as the movie goes on, you find even more things that... Well, let's just say that Lum is the clear winner here. And it's also very clear that everyone involved in making this movie was firing on all cylinders, trying to do their best for Urusei Yatsura's first theatrical effort. The music is fun and catchy, the Japanese voice actors are doing what they do best, and the animators threw in all sorts of silly gags and Easter eggs that they could at any given moment. For example, we have a very silly parody of an iconic scene from the 1967 movie The Graduate included, which weirdly isn't the only time an anime has referenced this exact scene. There's also multiple crowd scenes in this movie that are incredibly frenetic and have lots of fun cameos mixed in, including everything from kaiju to super robots. This is nothing new to the world of Urusei Yatsura, of course, but it's always fun to get to see this kind of stuff. It adds another layer of silliness that's just icing on the cake. Since this is also Mamoru Oshii's first big screen film, there's a lot of really beautiful direction going on as well that we'll see again in his future more popular work. A surprising number of melancholic pensive scenes, interesting uses of camera work and different angles, as well as dynamic flying, aerial, and battle sequences. If you're familiar with Mamoru Oshii's work, it's really cool to watch his earlier stuff to see him dabbling with a lot of these ideas and themes even this far back. I also feel like this movie made a huge impact on how later movies on Rumiko Takahashi's work would be too. If you watch this film and then watch the first two Ranma one-half films, there's a lot of similarities in their comedic beats. Larger-than-life wacky chase scenes, fast and furious animation, the threat of a shotgun wedding, and comedic sight gags galore. Oshi really pinned down the feeling of what a comedy based on a Rumiko Takahashi work should feel like on the big screen. Though, that is a little amusing to say now, considering how divided people were over the next Urusei Atsura movie he did, but that's another story. Although, I will say that, since this does feel like just a really long Urusei Atsura TV episode, there are definitely times where it feels like some of the scenes are a little bit stretched and might drag on a little too long. The side plot with all of Lum and Ataru's friends could have been seen as just an excuse to get all of the characters together to be in the story, but if you're an Urusei Atsura fan, you probably want all your favorite characters in what was the series' first ever movie, so I can understand why it was written like that. So while it might feel a little messy at times story-wise, that's kind of par for the course when it comes to Urusei Atsura in general and I don't think it really takes anything away from the experience. It's definitely not perfect, 
But for a cast of extremely weird and chaotic characters, it works. The screenplay for this movie was done by Tomoko Kantaru, who would actually go on to write screenplays for the third, fifth, and sixth Urusei Atsura movies as well. She also wrote scripts for over a dozen Anpan Man movies, several episodes of Maze Koku, and even wrote for shows like Dr. Slump and Dirty Pair. As I mentioned before, this movie was directed by Mamoru Oshii, who you probably know better as the director behind Angel's Egg, Ghost in the Shell, and the Pat Labor films. There's multiple people credited with working on music for this film, including Fumitaka Anzai, Izumi Kobayashi, Koji Nishimura, and Masamichi Amano. Nishimura seems to have only really worked on music for the Urusei Atsura franchise. Kobayashi is credited for his theme song work, and also did theme song arrangements for Stop Hibari-kun and Sasuga no Sarutobi as well. Anzai doesn't have a lot of credits, but did also do music for a good chunk of Urusei Atsura, as well as for Miyuki, Combustible Campus Gardris, and The Legend of Basara. Amano has the longest list of credits out of all of them, and his work also includes Miyuki, Giant Robo, and some of the recent Evangelion Rebuild films, as well as a surprising number of hentai titles, including the classic Urotsuki Doji franchise, which amused me a little bit. Character designs were done by the iconic Akemi Takata, who also worked on such notable series as Kimigori Orange Road, Magical Angel Creamy Mommy, and Pat Labor. Animation directors on this movie include Katsumi Aoshima, Magoichi Takazawa, and Yuichi Endo. Aoshima also worked on key animation for the Aim for the Ace film, Unico in the Island of Magic, and multiple Dragon Ball Z movies and TV episodes. Takazawa is probably better known for doing key animation on Kimigori Orange Road, the first Ronmo One Half movie, and Perfect Blue, just to name a few. And Endo's list of credits includes working on key animation for the Aim for the Ace TV series and movie, the Treasure Island TV series, and the second Yu Yu Hakusho movie. Since I originally watched this movie in Japanese, I watched that for this rewatch. The voice cast for this movie is, of course, the same as the Urusei Atsura TV series, so I won't go through all those, as most fans already know all about them. But we do have a few new characters in this movie that I can go over. First up, we have Elle, the beautiful alien queen trying to vie for Ataru's attention. She's voiced by Yoshiko Sakakibara, a very prolific voice actress, who you might have heard before as a few of her iconic performances like Haman Karn in ZZ Gundam, Lady in Space Adventure Cobra, and Queen Nahalina in Sailor Moon Supers and Sailor Stars. We also have Hiroko Maruyama as Nanabake Rose, who also played Peter in Heidi Girl of the Alps, Baby Panda in Panda Go Panda, and Kenta's mother in My Neighbor Totoro. 
And finally, we have Naoko Kuyada as Barbara. She's also the narrator and Taitsukun in Fushigi Yugi, Zirconia in Sailor Moon Supers, and Genkai in Yu Yu Hakusho. While the full Urusayatsura TV series was never dubbed, the movies were. This one was dubbed by Animego back in the day, and it's included in the new Blu-ray release that Discotech released recently. Discotech's Blu-ray is, as always, fantastic. While there aren't really any special features, the picture and sound quality are very good, and it has lovely packaging art. Animego does have the liner notes that they originally made for this release available online in their archive for anyone curious about specific jokes, puns, and cultural notes. I'll have a link to that in the show notes for those of you who want to check them out. As of this recording, this new Blu-ray is still in print and very easily found, so you can pick it up for not too much at pretty much any place you like to get your anime. So overall... Would I recommend this movie? Absolutely! If you're just getting into Urusei Yatsura, I'd recommend watching a little bit of the TV show first before starting this so you can get a feel for the characters first, as it'll increase your enjoyment of it quite a bit more. If you're already an Urusei Yatsura fan and you just never got around to watching the movies, this is the perfect place to start as its story is self-contained and it's just overall a fun little adventure with all the usual Tomibiki regulars. If you like your romantic space adventures with a lot less wackiness, I'd probably recommend something like Macross Do You Remember Love or Arcadia of My Youth instead. If you're already a fan of Urusei Atsura Only You, I totally recommend checking out the rest of the Urusei Atsura films, as well as the first Ranma One Half movie, which I think has very similar vibes, if you haven't seen it already. And that about wraps it up for this short review episode on Urusei Atsura Only You. Many thanks to those who left me tips this month on Ko-fi, including Tim, Annalie, and several listeners who wish to remain anonymous. Thanks, everyone. If you want to get a shout-out in the next episode of the podcast to be just as cool as those darlings are, all you have to do is go to my Ko-fi account and leave me a tip of two or more coffees. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, which you can see at animenostalgia.blogspot.com as well as at animenostalgia.tumblr.com where you can also find other relevant links for this episode as well as links to past episodes. You can also find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Just do a search for the Anime Nostalgia Podcast and you can usually find it. And while you're there, you could always show my podcast some love by leaving a rating or a review. I always love seeing what people have to say about the podcast. Or if you want to send me your thoughts and comments directly, or you just want to say hi, you can always email me at animenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. It might take me a little while to get back to you, but I promise that I do read all the email that I get. My amazing theme song music was done by Carobit. You can find out more about them and their music at carobit.net. That's K-E-R-O-B-I-T dot net. As always, I have been your host, Don, and I'll see you next time. Da-cha!